This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is sponsored by ArtBase. Are you managing an art collection, an artist studio, or a gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? We think so. Well, ArtBase is the right software to manage your art business. ArtBase allows you to track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. You just enter your data once and use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and much more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used on the cloud from any location on any device. So what are you waiting for? Go to artbase.com now to learn more and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount. Over the past 12 years, the Art Tactic podcast has grown to be a leading art market podcast. Each week we share an exclusive in-depth interview with a key art world insider. As we move into a new phase of programming, we want our broadcast to be listener-supported and create content that you want to hear, not what we think you want to hear. You can support us by visiting contribute.to slash arttactic. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. Next week is a major week in New York City for the contemporary art world. The Armory Show and the Independent Art Fair will be occurring for the first time since just before the pandemic. I, and I'm sure many others, have several very vivid memories from these art fairs in 2019 as COVID was just starting to enter the U.S. People were discussing masks, but there was no mask wearing. Visitors at the Armory were shaking hands, and then the next day at the Independent were bumping elbows. We've been through a lot, but it's going to be great to have these fairs again after missing them in 2020. There won't be much travel from Europe, I don't think, due to travel restrictions, but from my conversations, it does seem like the fair will be well attended by collectors within the U.S. We wanted to get a sense of what next week's fairs will be like for visitors, so in this week's episode of the podcast, we're joined by Katie Aquaro, Independent Art Fair's Head of Production and Exhibitor Resources. The Independent Art Fair will occur from September 9th to the 12th. To learn more, you can visit www.independent.com hq.com. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we hope to see you at the fairs next week. Katie, I know you have a lot going on with the fair just about a week away, and I'm sure galleries are calling you nonstop. So thanks so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to speak with us. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. So before we jump into this year's edition of the Independent Art Fair, I think it'd be great if you can first just introduce us to the fair. What is the Independent Art Fair all about? And tell us how it fits into this upcoming week and how it compares to the Armory Show, for example. I think the thing about independent, first and foremost, the driving goal behind everything we do is putting the art and the artists at the forefront of the conversation. Um, That's been the founding principle since independent, you know, was conceived 12 years ago now. um, And it's embedded in in the entire process uh, of how we produce the fair. And so something that um, is unique to independence model, it's certainly not unique anymore, but it was, you know, an entirely new idea when the fair was founded is that independent is um, a curated fair. And so what that means is the process starts with our founding curatorial advisor, Matthew Higgs, who's also, you know, the director at White Columns, 
And he sits down and just thinks about what is a really interesting cross-section of galleries that we can invite to curate whatever they want. So we invite the galleries and then we set them loose because they are curators themselves. Um, and we basically want to support them in realizing their most ambitious goals for their artists. So every year we sit down individually with each participant um, and we do two things. Regarding the project they wanna bring, we find out why this, why now? Why is this something you know, that the world and that New Yorkers need to know about right now? Um, and what are they what are they looking to get out of their out of their participation? Um, and you know, sometimes that is uh, an emerging artist that's doing really well in the European market that hasn't yet been able to get any traction with Americans and and bringing that person to the New York audience for the first time. Sometimes it's you know, a, an artist that's more historical that has been overlooked by history and basically contextualizing them uh, within that history that they were actually a part of and creating the context for them, you know, that wasn't really before visible. Um, <laughs> you know, the idea is just to, to create the context for collectors to see some of the art that we think is the most interesting, important in the world, and for people to have real connections. Yeah, it's a great event. I know it's a lot of people's favorite fair in New York City each year. This will be the first fair for a lot of visitors since the pandemic started. How similar will the experience be to a normal art fair, and what are some of the safety measures that visitors should be aware of ahead of this year's fair? I mean, I, you know, not going to bore you by talking about mask mandates all of those <laughs> yeah. there will be masks excitingly um there are a couple of things coming to this venue that are different that we uh will keep people not only safer but comfortable um you know one of the things that we've done historically uh is we've always regulated our capacity to a museum style capacity um so that means that there's much more literal, I know it's boring, literally more square feet per person. So people can go through and have this, you know, museum-like experience and also have the space to have one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, so this year, again, you know, we are regulating that and the sort of benefit of these weird time ticket systems that we're seeing for the first time is that we can see flow like never before um, and actually really create the most pleasant experience possible for not only the uh, visitors, but also the galleries so they can have, you know, real conversations in their stands. Um, and so it's like, if you feel comfortable at MoMA, you will feel comfortable here, you know? The other thing that is totally unique to this building and was a big, a big part of our move is this, uh, this building, which we can talk about, I could go on about the building for days. Uh, it's a, it's a landmarked, you know, former ferry terminal, but it has this, this terrace that runs the entire face of the building. It's 300 feet long. And uh, on the terrace, Cipriani is going to be doing a restaurant, bar, and cafe. So 
people will have the opportunity to sit down in an open air setting to plan their time between the interior and the exterior without ever leaving the exhibitions and you know connect with each other for the first time in what 18 months over over a, a drink because <laughs> i think we're like all ready to share <laughs> yes. a drink at this point yeah <laughs> Uh, definitely. And so you mentioned briefly, you have a new venue for this year's edition. I was talking to a collector actually this morning, and they were asking me, where's the independent again? I went a couple years ago, but I can't remember where it is. So I said, let me just look it up. And I said, wait, it's in a completely different location than it was two years ago. And it's a different area within Manhattan. So tell us about your new venue, um, where it is. I know we were talking a little bit before you seem really excited about it. What's the scoop? We are still downtown, you know, which we love. Um, the downtown gallery community is stronger than ever. Tribeca is obviously, you know, a new hub for anyone who's in New York and it's in within walking distance of the Lower East Side galleries. Um, we are now at the very, very southern tip of Manhattan at this former ferry terminal. It's literally, you know, the mouth of the island. And so the building itself hovers over the water. There are these stunning views of the rivers. Um, and it was, it, it was built at a time, I think construction was finished in like 1909. And it was one of the the great pieces of public infrastructure, you know, at, at the time when the city was investing in public infrastructure. Um, that had stopped and the building was in disrepair for decades on decades. Um, there was very little going on. I think the last, one of the last things that happened there was um, David Byrne did this like incredible performance in in the building. Um, definitely check that out. But but it was nothing like it is now. And so since then, in the last few years, the Cipriani family ha has come in um, and basically backed this incredible renovation. And so now this space is is new and independent is the first time that it will be opening to the public for the public to to see the space and experience this landmark in in many, many years. Um, I mean, I mean, that's exciting in and of itself, you know. Absolutely. So you've been in dialogue with the exhibiting galleries, I'm sure, for many months leading up to this fair and still even now, just a week away. What have your conversations been like with galleries ahead of this year's fair and how are they feeling about participating in an art fair again? Part of the model of Independent is we do everything in consultation with the galleries. Um, it is a, a constant dialogue. And that's, you know, one of the benefits of being small is, you know, this year we're having 43 exhibitors. Like it, it genuinely is possible to talk to 43 individuals every day um, and <laughs> literally ongoing conversations. Like before we moved, we had phone calls just discussing, you know, what moving might look like, what changing the dates might look like. Is this something you would be interested in? Because, you know, if we get a no from the galleries, then what's the point? They're, they're core to the model. Um, and so, you know, from the start, we had honestly more enthusiasm than we even expected. It was hard to accommodate the, the amount of influx of interest we had, but like people are ready you know, people are so ready and they're ready to get back in front of a New York audience. And 
you know, we can all agree that New Yorkers are up for anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So people are already buying tickets to the fair. From the numbers you have so far, what are you expecting in terms of attendance compared to previous editions? So again, this, you know, time ticketing system, which the details of it are very boring, but we issued our, our first release of, of slots and, you know, they were they were booked within four hours. Um, we have people calling us, you know, every day because they can't get the spot they want. Um, we're not anticipating audience to be a problem at all. In fact, we've been really excited by the response thus far. It's It's more about regulating it again so there's that flow that is really comfortable um over the course of the four days and also you know how can we how can we create that experience that feels special for people so it would be great if you can give us a little bit of a mini preview for this year's fair by telling us a few of the booths at the independent that you're most excited about oh my god so hard but let's, <laughs> let's see i am oh my god i am so excited to uh see a presentation by creative growth of william scott um in person and so i, I don't know if you're familiar creative growth is a, a not-for-profit based in oakland that works exclusively um you know with artists with disabilities but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is that they're bringing this suite of of William Scott paintings, who is is one of my favorite painters. He um, makes these like incredible sort of Afrofuturist utopian, playing with playing with like pop cultural figures. You'll see, you know, Janet Jackson, um, and, and something that I always think about when I when I think about William Scott's work. Well, you'll see like a lot of, you know, UFOs in them. And it's that that thing, that potential of sci-fi to show us a world beyond our own. Um, so he's creating these utopias and, you know, using all of these these black figures to, to help us imagine a world that <laughs> isn't, you know, entrenched in our in our really messed up systems. Um, you know, and then. Speaking of, you know, another world, um, I am just beyond excited to see this presentation that Listen is bringing of Corey Archangel and Jody. Um, and you know, I think Corey at this point arguably is kind of a, a household name in our in our community, but uh, Jody was also a, a pioneering. Um, internet artist duo that has really not yet gotten their due. And so this is going to be maybe like the first significant survey of their their work that uh, our audience, you know, is seeing and people really getting acquainted with their work. They did these uh, digital desktop performances. They made this, they made works that could be distributed like on personal desktops um which is you know obviously incredibly timely given the nft conversation say what you will about it as well as the fact that you know we've all been at our desktops for 18 months behind zoom so you know that's that's the world differently so these two kind of world building projects that are going opposite directions but in the same plane 
Both of those presentations sound really exciting. We can't wait to check them out. Katie, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast and helping us preview this year's edition of the Independent Art Fair. We can't wait to see everyone out there. If our listeners uh, haven't bought tickets yet, but they're interested in learning more about the fair, maybe they want to buy tickets so they can come visit, what's the website for them? IndependentHQ.com. Perfect. Thanks so much again, Katie. Looking forward to seeing you out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Adam. See you soon. We want to thank ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Are you managing an art collection, an artist studio, or gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to manage your art business. ArtBase allows you to track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. All you do is enter your data once, and you use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and a bunch more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used in the cloud from any location on any device. So go to artbase.com now to learn more, and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount.